When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. If you, like me, hate robocalls, then Wednesday is a momentous occasion. That's the day when providers like AT&T and Verizon must put into place new tools to combat spam calls. But does this mean the end of your robocall hell? I'm Roger Chang, and this is your Daily Charge. Here to drill down on this topic is CNN senior reporter Maggie Reardon. Welcome, Maggie. Thanks for having me. So we've been hearing about these robocall tools stir shaken for a while now. What exactly are they? Well, first of all, Stir Shaken is really an acronym, and and basically it stands for like this protocol and framework that is really meant to have caller ID actually work so that you can authenticate a call and know that it's really coming from the sender that you think it's coming from. Right. And, and how does that work? Like, How does it actually authenticate these calls? Well, it's um, it's basically like there's a, a caller ID that has to be signed as legitimate by the originating carrier. And then that's validated by the carrier kind of on the other end. And so it's it's just basically a way of knowing that the phone call has actually come from where it says it's coming from. And that's a big problem because a lot of these robocallers will do something called uh, caller ID spoofing. Right. And they, they try to trick you into answering the phone by making you think that it's something that's... Um, the caller ID for for somebody else. Yeah, and I, I know that I've got a number of these spam calls, usually using a local number, uh, and then, and usually the first three digits that sort of match my digits. So it's like suspiciously similar to my number, and I guess psychologically that might make someone more likely to answer the phone. Which is so strange because it's like your neighbor doesn't have a phone number that's just like off by a couple digits right, from right. you, but. But you're right. That's that's how they get you. <laughs> right. And this, what is the significance of this June 30 deadline? So June 30th is a deadline that the FCC, well, actually Congress put in place to have this technology be implemented. So there was some legislation that was passed um, and then the FCC wrote rules. And so by June 30th, that's the date by which um, all the big carriers have to be implementing this um, technology and framework. Got it. And so the big question here is, will this actually put an end to robocalls? That is a very good question. And even though we would love to think that that's, you know, it's going to all be over come July 1st, it, the reality is probably not. Um, and And there are many reasons for it. One is that you know, even though this is a deadline, a lot of the big carriers have already been implementing stir shaken. So it's it's already been out there. And, you know, we've maybe seen some slowdown of robocalls, but not dramatically so. Um, and the other reason is that really the, the robocallers just, you know, the, the illegal guys, they can make money from this. So they're doing um, a lot to to sort of ensure that, that they can keep going, right? So they'll find a way to get around any new technology or any kind of 
rules. And one FCC commissioner, Brendan Carr, recently told me he's like, it's like whack-a-mole trying to get these guys. But but the FCC, they said that they're going to keep coming at them. Okay, well, that's good to hear. And yeah, and I've, I've heard it compared to sort of a cat and mouse thing. As soon as a new safeguard protection comes in place, these robocallers are pretty savvy or are pretty quick to figure a way around some of this stuff. So I think whack-a-mole is a really good way to describe it. Uh, like you said, the the carrier, some of these carriers have actually started using search chicken for a while now. Some have talked about the number of block calls that they've uh, – they, or number of calls they've managed to block, but – Ultimately, they haven't really fared that well, right? But is the idea that you know all these carriers putting in place the same tools that there's some consistency across the entire industry is that supposedly going to help with the flood of robocalls? Well, yeah, because the way the technology works is calls are handed off from one provider to the next, and it's not even like the originator and you know who your cell phone carrier might be. There are other intermediaries in the middle there where calls are getting handed off as they, you know, travel to you. So if somebody within that chain isn't using the same technology, then it's not going to work. So it's really important that everybody has that. And in fact, that's the FCC originally, um, some of the smaller providers and carriers, um, they didn't say the deadline for June 30th, 2021 was meant for them. They were going to give them a little more time to figure out how to do it and assess the cost. But what they found is that a lot of those smaller carriers, that's where a lot of the the breakdown was happening. And some of those folks were being originators of these uh, illegal robocalls. So now they've shortened that time frame um, by a year. So by next year, this time, the smaller carriers will also have to uh, be able to adhere to the standard. Got it. And just to give the listeners a sense of the scale of the problem, how many robocalls have U.S. consumers received just this year? Just this year, in the first, you know, basically six months of the years, it's it's just under 22 billion robocalls. <laughs> wow. Right. I mean, that's crazy. And that is considering that some of these carriers have already talked about the number of calls that they've blocked. So that's 22 billion that have gotten around uh, some of the safeguards that are in place. That That is kind of insane. Uh I know there's a difference between legal and illegal robocalls. I don't think it sort of break down what that is because, like, in my mind, they should all be banned. But what th- there are some instances where they're, like, legitimate robocalls, right? Yeah, for sure. And, you know, I mean, a robocall is basically anybody who uses an automated dialer and a recorded message. So, you know, I have school-age children and our school uses robocalls. Like, that's how I know, like, if we're going to have a snow day or something, um, you know, Many people have probably gotten automated calls from their pharmacy telling them that their prescription is ready. So those are all um, legitimate robocalls. And the difference is that people have to opt into those, right? You have to give permission for someone to use a robocall. Otherwise, it's illegal. So there is a use for it. And I think that's been part of the, the regulator's challenge, the FCC's challenge, is you know not penalizing those companies that have you know, legitimate purpose to use robocalls um, and distinguishing them from the illegal folks who are really just mostly trying to scam people. Right. And you mentioned the SEC was, you know, still trying to go after some of these these scammers hard. There have been a number of these uh, scammers that have been prosecuted. But as you said, it's, it's 
it's very profitable and it's fairly easy to do. So there seems to be just an endless stream of scammers. But I don't know if you can talk about what the FCC is doing about that or what else they're looking to do to curb the, the rise in robocalls. Yeah. So the agency has really stepped up stepped up its enforcement. You know, as I mentioned, any robocall without the permission of um, someone is illegal. And so the FCC, you know, and, and the stir shaken um, protocol has helped the FCC and, and folks track um, where the bad calls are coming from, where the illegal ones are coming from. So they've been sending out cease and desist letters to carriers um, that facilitate the scam calls, and they've been imposing big fines on the illegal robocallers. Uh, in fact, in one case, the FCC fined um, some Texas telemarketers $225 million for spoofing roughly uh, 1 billion robocalls. So, um, you know, they're really hoping that that is going to help deter folks um, who, you know, make money from this. But, you know, the problem is always finding the bad guys, right? And a lot of times uh, these calls are originating from overseas, which makes it more difficult for U.S. regulators to get to them. Yeah, that's that's a great point because it, it, as much tough talk as the FCC and other uh, you know, law enforcement agencies will, will say, like if these are happening, if a lot of these are happening overseas, they don't really have jurisdiction to go in and actually stop some of these scammers, right? Right, right, yeah. So beyond the FCC, is there anything else the government's doing about stopping illegal robocalls? Yeah. So there's new legislation that's been introduced um, from uh, Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer and uh, Senator Kristen uh, Kristen Gillibrand. They're both from New York, and they have um, introduced something called the Do Not Call Act, and this would actually increase the penalties for individuals and companies that are intentionally trying to deceive consumers um, through these unsolicited illegal robocalls. So that has been introduced um, and, you know, we'll see how far it goes in Congress. I mean, the thing here is that whether, you know, you've got Republicans and Democrats who both hate robocalls and they're hearing from their constituents and they want to end this. Um, So this is like one of the very few truly bipartisan things that I think uh, members of Congress want to work toward writing laws to to get to. But the big question is whether those laws, you know, whether they can be enforced and then, you know, does it actually lead to um, to the outcomes that we all hope, which is getting rid of these calls? Right. Well, there's clearly there's a lot of work to be done. And even with Sir Shaken being put into place uh, on June 30th, uh, I'm sure we'll still be getting our share of these calls. Thank you, Maggie, for your time. You can check out her story on CNET.com. If you have any questions, hit us up on Twitter at The Daily Charge or sign up for direct text messages from me by heading to cnet.co slash daily charge. And if you liked what you heard, please rate and subscribe to the podcast. It really helps us out. For The Daily Charge, I'm Roger Chang. Thanks for listening. <laughs>